and welcome to Relevant Talk with Athalia. Today we have Beverly Williams, the author of GPS to Employment Success, How to Find and Succeed in the Right Job. How are you doing today, Beverly? I'm fine, Athalia. Thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, Ms. Willen, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Um, Beverly, can you give us a little bit of background on how you got started and like your history? Well, you know, my employment journey has been uh, very eclectic. Uh, my mother worked for what was then uh, Verizon. Uh, back then it wasn't Verizon. It was the telephone company. And the telephone company was known for uh, moving people along and, and, and promoting them. And it was a way, an opportunity for women, especially women, to move Mm -hmm. up in a corporation. And my mother wanted me to follow in her footsteps, but I had other ideas. I went to I went to to college. I went Mm -hmm. to um, graduate school. I got a master's in public administration, and I I worked in the public sector. And then I worked in. before I worked in the public sector, I worked in, after I graduated from undergraduate school, I worked in, uh, for an insurance company, uh, a Fortune 500 insurance company. And then I went to graduate school, and then I worked in the uh, public sector for a large municipality. Then I went to work for a large uh, state university, and then I went to work for... <laughs> <laughs> a large, a large urban um, school district. So that was my public sector work, and and that was great because I had gotten a master's in public administration from the University of North Carolina. So I was, okay. you know, my career path was in was synergistic with my 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 graduate degree. Right. But then I went to law school, and I went to law school at night while I worked a full time job. Oh uh, wow, which was interesting which was interesting. Uh, but I did fine. I did, I did well. I made law review and then I went to work for the chief justice of the uh, state Supreme court. I I clerked for him for a year, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what judicial clerks usually do. And, um, in some instances it's two years, but in, in my case it was a year. And then I went to work for a large, um, national, labor and employment firm, and which was great because that's what my focus was, labor and employment. So my mother wasn't unhappy with, with the way I was moving along, but I still wasn't working for the phone company, and she thought that that would give me the best opportunity to have a, a, secure, um, a secure life working for uh, a company that had a reputation, it was solid, she knew what it was like, but that's not what I wanted to do. But and you know what, I, I never regretted it. And you know what, Beverly? I bet you that your mom um, was proud of you nonetheless. Mm. No, absolutely. I, you know, I was doing um, what they thought was the right thing. You know, I, I was going to school, and each time I finished whatever um, curriculum I was I was engaged in, I moved on to another um, another opportunity, and it was mm-hmm. always moving up. But I always I was always focused. I, you know, I, I I'm an A type personality, 
Mm-hmm. And um, I stay focused, and I tend to be organized. And besides, I wasn't married. I didn't have any children, so I could focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could focus on going to law school at night and working a full-time job. It wasn't easy, but one of my law school friends, in fact, we studied for the bar together. She was married. She didn't have children at the time, but we would go between each other's houses and, and study. And um, her husband was very understanding because Mm -hmm. this was, you know, like the next step. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just very rewarding. So I realized that I had had an employment journey that was not like other people. You know, I I worked for a Fortune 500 company. I worked for a large uh, national law firm. I worked for... um, a large uh, school district, a large, municip- uh, urban, a large urban municipality, and um, a quasi-public um, entity. So I had, a, I had a unique perspective. So when the um, recession came in, in 2008, 2009, and I was watching television and I was seeing, you know, reports about people losing their jobs and, and men who... And, and women, but especially the men who had been able to take care of their families all of, you know, all of their adult life, they never found themselves in the position they were in. They were now, or at least then in 2008 and 2009, unable to take care of their families, and it mm-hmm. broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And so they, it was like, but they were going about trying to find a job the wrong way. You know, they would get up in the morning, get dressed, and get on the computer and go through the, um, the, the job posting. And the best way to get a job almost any time is to network. Mm-hmm. You know, you should look. I'm not saying don't look at the job postings. Don't apply that for jobs that way. But people who know people who know people recommend mm-hmm. people. And that's the connection. You make the connection. And when the connection is made, you can't afford to mess it up. Mm -hmm. You've got to bring your A game. You've got to be on, you know, and you've got Mm -hmm. to be, you've got to be prepared to impress. And that's important. You have to make people want to help you because of the way you present yourself. Because, you know, one of my friends, and I use this phrase a lot now because I think it captures what we want to convey, what is necessary to convey. A friend of mine said about one of my young friends, she has a nice way about her. And that's what you want people to say. She has a nice way about her. He has a nice way about her. Because you, you want to convey that you're the type of person that they would like to work with right. that would add value to the work environment. Um, I find at least in my experience in the work I've been doing, there's a lack of civility and respect in the workplace. Uh, that's very I true. I don't let, I don't let people disrespect me. You that's shouldn't. just not how I'm, that's not how I'm, I'm, I'm built. I, mm-hmm. you know, I treat people the way I want to be treated. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's unacceptable in my mind for people to treat other people disrespectfully. 
It's too easy to remove yourself from a situation. If people are behaving inappropriately, if you don't like the way they're behaving, leave. Uh If I say something to you that you don't like, um, you can tell me. You know, I don't mean to offend. Perhaps I did offend, but you're not going to talk to me any kind of way. You're not going to call me out of my name. Right. And And I I think that a lot of times that happens. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. No, I'm saying I, I agree with you, and I and I know this from personal experience, and I wholeheartedly agree with you when you said that if, you know, the work environment, for me, speaking, person speaking, is toxic leave, you know, especially when there's a, especially when that's the norm. Um, and you, you know, have to leave. I, I don't, I, I don't know because I'm not in the workplaces that I, that I visit on a consistent basis. I don't know that it's the norm, but Uh I do know that it happens and it shouldn't. Uh People should not be hollering and shouting at people. And I mean, people at all levels, the CEO, Uh the Uh vice president, the janitor, Uh the, the, you know, the technician, uh, the, the IT people, whatever. Nobody should be speaking to each other. They shouldn't be speaking to each other in less than a civil fashion. Mm-hmm. You don't have to disagree. You don't, you don't have to agree. You don't have to like each other. But there should be mutual respect. True. And I find that there is, I've, I've witnessed that there isn't. And mm-hmm. I've been in workplaces where people have tried, employees have tried to um, treat me in a fashion that I found unacceptable. Uh-huh. And um, they draw they drew conclusions about me because of why I was there, uh-huh. and um, I don't let them do. I work too hard for my professional re- reputation, and um, I don't let people um, diminish that. I work too uh-huh. hard for it, so I correct them in real time, and, and many <laughs> times they're surprised because they're not always challenged. You know, some people yeah. just have a tendency to take it. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I've witnessed it and I've experienced it. So I know exactly what you're referring to. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's um, it's sad that people of a certain age and of a certain uh, professional level tend to act like that. But yeah, that's just how it is. And like I said, I've worked somewhere where it's the norm. It's like unfortunately, you're right, right. But I find that even people, employees in other um, at other levels, I think it's almost become pervasive. It's Mm -hmm. almost like a cancer. It spreads. Uh, that's true, and I'll tell you, I'll say another thing, Beverly. It's um, what I've witnessed in certain workplaces. It's easier for other employees when they're seeing wrong done. It's easier for them to play that go along, get along game, as opposed to standing for what they know is right. And I think that that happens because they are afraid to be on the receiving end of whatever it is they're witnessing. That's true. And, but you, the other thing, and I learned this as I was promoting my first book 
And as I was trying to gain traction um, and exposure to spread my, ma- my message and my call to action, everyone is not capable of standing up. Okay. They're not built that way. They're, that's not their personality. Uh, you're right. They're afraid that someone may clap back at them, mm-hmm. but it's just not in their DNA. Right. And whether it's social or cultural, um, it you know, there are some people that are just meeker than others, mm-hmm. and that's just who they are. And 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 I try to respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect everyone to um, stand up the way I do. I, mm-hmm. That's just the way I was brought up. Right. I think my father was afraid that that a man would take advantage of me. You know, when I was born, <laughs> he wanted a son. So when I was born, he cried. And he must have cried because he was afraid that someone was going to take advantage of his little girl. So he would, you know, I remember being in the crib and him telling me, you know, people take kindness for weakness. Only the strong Uh survive. And and I'm a strong person. I am a strong woman. And I I made no apologies. But I, I know after living as long as I have, that everyone isn't, and it doesn't mean that they should be victimized. Well, yes, but some, it happens. It happens a lot. It happens uh, way too often. It do, you're right. You're right. What can we do about it? Can we do anything about it? How do we stop it? That's something for us to work on. <laughs> That's something for us to work on, and I think it. I think it uh, starts from the top. Yeah, I think it starts from the top because um, they have the power to to stop it, to to discipline employees, and you know, to do something about it, where other employees don't feel intimidated for standing up, speaking up for themselves, or for uh, not going along when they see others well, doing wrong. There are probably policies, uh, company policies against bullying. Um, but They're the higher-ups <laughs> don't always see what's going on. Right. You well, know, there's... we have to, it, it's almost like um, after 9-11, if you see something, say something. If yeah. you see someone being being treated inappropriately, say something. Yeah, um, and an insurance company that I worked for, um, I said something. I actually went to the vice president of administration and told what I witnessed because of an employee was uh, unfairly fired, and he did not have the opportunity to defend himself. And I didn't think that was right, so I reported what I saw to the vice president of administration, and then he. Who for you? Yeah, and then he told me to um, share with the HR manager what I shared with him. And so I made an appointment with her, and I told her what I experienced. I mean, what I witnessed, and I told her that um, that employee, because the employee, he was a temporary employee, and, and even though he wasn't permanent, I still feel like he deserved a chance to say, yes, what they reported about me is true, or um, this is why I did it. Or no, 
what they're saying is not true. He never had the opportunity. He was replaced. And I didn't think that was fair. Even though he was a temporary employee, he was still human. And uh, he, he came and he, he did his job, never bothered anybody. That's what I witnessed. Um, I've always had a positive experience with him and I didn't know anybody else who hadn't. But there are people who... Um, did they hire this, him back? No. He probably didn't even I mean, want to come back. I don't know the situation after that. I just know that when I, when well, I. At least you spoke up. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. But you know what? Then I became the target. <laughs> and then um, I had somebody ask me if I would do it all over again. And I said, yeah, because not enough people speak up. And I understand why they don't speak up. They're afraid that they might become the target or the uh, outcast. And, and um, there's always that possibility. Mm-hmm. there's always that possibility. And yeah. um, what you did was risky, but you, sometimes you have to, you have to stand up. I, mm-hmm. You know, you have to be the person you are. Mm-hmm. You have to be your authentic self, whatever mm-hmm. that means. As long, hopefully it doesn't cost you your job, but how do you live with yourself otherwise? Right. And that's the thing for me. It's like when, when he was being bullied, there were people who were laughing and I didn't think it was funny. Everybody, we're all adults and uh, he didn't deserve it. Like I said, he, he, he sat directly behind me and I never witnessed him bothering anybody. He showed up for work on time every day and he did what he was paid to do. And he didn't deserve what happened to him. And, and like I said, even though he wasn't a permanent employee, he still should have had the opportunity to defend himself and he didn't. Uh, get that opportunity. You know, uh, unfortunately, uh, life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to wrap your head around that when we're, we're brought up to believe in fairness. That's and uh, it, it doesn't always c- turn out that way. And it was easier for them to get rid of him mm-hmm. than to even conduct an investigation. Right. And he was a temporary employee, a temporary mm-hmm. person. Right. He was temporary, it's, but he was still it's human. Tough. It's, t- mm-hmm. it's very tough. But you did, yeah. I, you know, I, I salute you. Everybody you. wouldn't have done what you did. In fact, everybody didn't. Everybody didn't. And um, that was uh, one of the most disheartening, well, not that part. What was the most disheartening thing for me was the laughter. And he didn't deserve it. Like I said, he never bothered no. anybody. Never bothered anybody. He he did everything he was supposed to have done. Um, so. Things there must have been I, a reason they targeted him. The people who were laughing. Well, there must have been a reason for that, for that laughter. Well, knowing what I know, that's just how they are. And that's why I said that, um, that's why I made the comment that it happens way too often and certain people get like a, a, a slap on the back of the hand. And so it like things like this, you're asking how, what can we do about it? How can we stop it? It has to start from the top. Because well, let they, me say this to you. Let mm-hmm. me say this to you. Mm-hmm. You're right, but. Let's not forget 
one of the most important situations in the workplace are relationships. You don't know who knows who. You don't know who's related to who. You don't know who's sleeping with who. You don't know a whole lot. And when I say you, I'm using that generically. Relationships are important. People skate by on misconduct engaging in misconduct and get away with it because of their relationship with power brokers in the organization. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we're not privy to those, to those relationships, the identity of those relationships, but they mm-hmm. exist okay. and they're powerful. What you're telling me is very eye opening and makes a whole lot of sense. And I, I never thought about that. I've never One of about my that. the advantages in my in my work experience is I have advised C-suite executives, CEOs, mm-hmm. vice presidents, CFOs, all manner of corporate officers. I know how I know a lot of their processes and procedures. I know how they I know how they work. I know how they, as they say, how they roll. And (laughs) they will ask me, well, this is what I want to do. Can I do it? It's not a matter of whether it's legal or not. They're only asking me if they can do it. Will it cause the the company any problems? Is it illegal? You know, they may ask me if it's illegal. If it's not illegal, they want to do it. Maybe it's something I wouldn't do, but my role would be to say yes or no. That's really all they want from me. But people, you know, I hear, for example, let me give you this example because this is timely. A lot of employees are saying that they don't want to return to the office. They Uh want to continue to work from home. And I find that very interesting. And I understand that they don't spend money on commutation. They don't spend money on meals outside of the home. If they're, you know, if they're, um, if they're working at home, they can grab something from the kitchen, from their personal kitchen. Um, There are a lot, they're not, they're cleaning, they're not cleaning their clothes. Um, It's just cheaper for them Uh to work from home. And depending on the age of their, and and the behavior of their children, they may even be able to have their children at home. Yeah. And so they might not have to pay for childcare. So Uh they could, they could save a lot of money working from home. And so they will say, and I've heard, I've read this. I haven't, I haven't had any personal experience from clients telling me this, but their employees are saying, I don't want to work from home. I'm not coming back. If I don't have, if I have to work, um, come back to the office and employ some employers. And I'm not saying all, some employers are saying, okay, you don't have to come back to work. We'll let you work from home. But what's going to happen in some cases, I'm not saying all, Uh employers are going to be annoyed that you've taken this position 
And they're going to let you work from home until they find somebody to replace you at a lower salary. Wow. I'm glad you touched on this because this was one of the questions I wanted to ask you about, that your thoughts about. I mean, that's the way I, that's the way I see it. I know, first of all, they don't want everybody to come back because there's (laughs) some employees they don't want to see anymore. They didn't like them before (laughs) the pandemic. They don't want them back. So now if they're going to, if they're going to stand up and say, well, you know, I don't want to come back to work. I don't want to work in the office. I want to work from home. Okay. Well, I want you to come back to work. No, I don't want to come back to work. Okay. Well, you can work from home. You work from home for a month, maybe two. And that third month, oh, we're reorganizing. We we we're we're redoing we're reorganizing the way we do the work. We don't need your position. We're going to lay you off. Wow. That's something to think about. Oh, it is. And it happens and it's legal. They can reorganize their workplace unless they have unions that you if they're if they're unionized, that might that might be an impediment. But otherwise they can get in a room and say, here are the organizational charts. Figure out how you want to restructure this, reorganize all these worker functions. This is what we have now. We have 10 people now. I want this to go down to five. Or take it up to 15 and make them smaller, make them um, uh earn less because it's a their lower position. They're always around it. Uh-huh. Wow. People will be without jobs. People will be without jobs. And that's another thing. That's one that's my call to action. People need to think differently about their careers and employment. There yeah. when I saw when I, I saw a documentary and there was a robot Flipping burgers. I couldn't believe my eyes. Now, if robots are flipping burgers, what's next? So people need to pay attention. Yeah, because according to the news reports, there are a lot of employers who um, can't get People, they, they can't hire people because people aren't ready to come back to work. Of course they're not. It's summertime. And they're still right. getting unemployment. Right. So they're ready to they're ready to go. They're ready to go to the shore, to the Hamptons, to Capo, to where to the you know, to Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. to Nantucket, to the lakes, wherever. They want to have some fun and God knows I know. I, I'm ready for fun myself. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's 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 timing is everything, and mm-hmm. I'm afraid that based on the fact that so many people have been hesitant to get vaccinated, I think we're going to have a problem come fall. So people and, and and people are running around now, especially the unvaccinated people. They're running around, and what they're going to be, they may have COVID come fall. 
because they're not vaccinated. People are, the, the CDC is concerned about variants, and they're just out and about having a good time. Uh-huh. So we may not be but, in a better position come um, September, October, November. But those people who say that they're not going to, they're, they're not going back to work, and I, I, I don't know that they will find another job that pays as well as they as their job pays. Mm-hmm. And the other question is, even if they, even if the the company says you can stay home and work from home, and they let them do that, but they want to reduce their salary because their expenses are lower. That would be fair, though. I think that would. No, they won't want, nobody wants to give back money. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to give back money, I'm telling you. Well, you can't have your cake and I eat mean, it, too, so you have to make but that's, a decision. Why would you have cake if you can't eat it? Right. Why have it? No, I'm telling you, I've seen the movie. They're not going to want to give that money back. Well, it's either give the money back or stay at home and take that pay cut. Either or. I, I, I'm inclined to believe that people are not going to be as receptive to that um, choice. Oh, I'm sure they won't, but they I'm have just, to be I, understanding. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. Well, um, I, I guess maybe <laughs> every situation might be different, but... Um, you might be correct. They may not want to give that money back, but but like I said, it's one way or the other. And and I think it, it will be fair if they say, okay, you can stay at home. We'll allow you to stay at home and work, but we have to cut your salary by X amount of dollars. Well, you know, there's another thing that this this predates COVID. Uh-huh. employees who were there because people were some people were some employees were working remotely anyway uh, right. businesses wanted to reduce their um their their real estate footprint so they had people working from home what they found is that their vacation costs expenses went up people weren't taking vacations they weren't taking vacation days. They were working from home, and they would go to um, they would go to lunch, long lunches with friends. They would whatever they wanted to do during the day on their on while they were supposed to be working. Now they might <laughs> do their job. They might make up the time later on in the day, but they mm-hmm. weren't using vacation time. So if they decided to leave the company they were leaving with more vacation due them, vacation pay due them than they would have ordinarily. And companies were finding that their vacation expenses were increasing um, at an undesirable rate. Wow. That's another problem. Yeah, that is a problem. You know, and you don't think about that. Uh-uh. I didn't think I didn't think about that, and that's another thing. One of the tips I have for your listeners: wherever you work, whatever you are working at doing, make friends in other departments. 
Yeah. Because you do not need to only have the information from your department. I agree. You need information from other departments because information is power and uh-huh. information is important. Uh-huh. Now, a friend of mine was in, what was the name? Finance. She's the one that told me about the vacation time. She says, oh, you should see it's It's terrible. It's outrageous. It's going up exponentially. And it makes sense. You can get up earlier and do your work and then spend all day out and about. And not use your vacation time. Or your sick time. Or if you have uh, paid time off so that it's all lumped together. You go mm-hmm. to the doctor. You don't make a. You don't take a, a a PTO day to go to the doctor. If you're working from home, mm. I'm telling you're you, making some really good points. Um, things that I never thought about before, and things that I, didn't, See, I wasn't aware of. You need to make a friend of an HR person, and hopefully, it will be a good HR person, a competent HR person, because all HR people are not created equally. You want to make sure that you have friends in in every department, every Mm -hmm. department um, possible. Because it's, 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 you get a different perspective about the company that you work for. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have lunch with these people, um, if you have coffee with these people, you talk about, they talk about what's going on in their department. You talk about what's going on in your department. You learn things. It makes you better informed. Mm-hmm. It really does. It does. In fact, I had dinner, I had lunch with people I worked with 10 years ago. And each one, okay, three of them were from the same department. And the I... And another and another woman were from the same department, and there was one of one of one person was missing. She couldn't make it, um, and she was from another department. And we talked about all manners of things. It was very informative. Uh-huh. Very yeah, because informative. you all are, you all are sharing knowledge and, and experiences. Right. But it was we none of us were well, only one of us. One was a corporate officer. One only one person was still work for that that's the same employer, but it was still information. Mm-hmm. I, I have a a a, a, um, a sex a sex discrimination case that I'm working on, and one of the people that I was talking to was just the person, the type of person I needed some information from for my case. Mm. I was like, I talk said, about well, being, <laughs> being in the right place Glad at the I, right time. That's right. <laughs> Glad I came to lunch. <laughs> Very, I'm really enjoying talking to you, but we haven't talked about your book yet. Well, my book is Your GPS to Employment Success. How to Find and Succeed in the Right Job. And um, quite frankly, my first book... Um, I was very proud of. It was self-published. I was very proud of it. A publisher mm-hmm. saw it and wanted me to ask me if I would uh, consider um, updating it, 
uh, and um, bringing it into because it was it it was written almost ten years ago mm-hmm. to bring it into uh, this um, you know into the present time and that's really what I wanted to do because so much had so much had changed but so much had cha- had stayed the same mm-hmm. but I wanted to update it and that's what I did and I reorganized it because I realized that I, in the first book, although I addressed it, it was in the wrong place. People, it's important, and I can't stress this enough, it's very important that before people begin a job search, they come up with a plan, a daily plan, a daily schedule, so that they exercise, they schedule time to eat healthy, however many meals they decide to have, and they get their minds straight, their their heads right. You know, they want to make sure that they're moving into this journey in the right state of mind because it's going to be arduous. You know, you may send out a hundred resumes and you may not get an answer to not one of them. And that does not define you, but it it may make people feel a certain way. They may feel that, well, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't have what anybody wants. I'm never going to find a job. Don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. They should answer you, but they may not. And if they don't, it means nothing. You keep plugging away. You have to be persistent in looking for a job. And if you feel compelled to send in. Resumes um, in response to the postings, the job postings you see, do that. But you need to get out and about to the extent COVID permits. If COVID is not permitting, then you need to go online. LinkedIn is an invaluable tool. If you've gone to college, look for alumni who are in positions with companies that you'd like to work for. If you haven't gone to college, see if you can find people that graduated from your high school. If you didn't graduate from high school, see if you can find people on LinkedIn who have interests that are similar to yours and connect with them Mm -hmm. and ask them about their company. Go online and and look at the company's websites and, and see what the... Get information from that. Ask questions. What questions can you ask a person that you don't know that will give them the impression that you're not only interested in working for the company, but that you would add value as an employee? Mm-hmm. It, it takes work. And that's the other thing I, I want to convey. It's a job. You have a job. Your job is looking for a job. And it's, yeah. it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy, and it's time-consuming. It's time-consuming. But consuming. you can't let it define you. Mm-hmm. It is time-consuming and daunting, but like you said, um, if you're consistent, just yeah, continue to focus on on finding that employment that you want. It what's meant for you, you'll get it as long as you're doing the work. And that's it. You're right. What's meant for you, you'll get, but you got to do the work. Right. You really, and it's, it, and, it, and there's no, um, there's no other way. 
If you don't do the work and networking, I can't even tell you. There's a chapter in the book, uh, Networking is Your GPS to Employment Success. It's the truth. And you know, another thing, I have my website is uh, www.youremploymentmatters.com. Okay. My podcast is, is uh, you can access my podcast on the uh, website. All that material is free. I've interviewed almost 50 people um, about their employment journeys, and it's just been amazing. There's a wealth of information in those podcast interviews, free of charge. Yeah. You, um, I think you're awesome. <laughs> and this, this information and this um, talk that you've shared with, me and my audience today is um, very valuable. And I'm sure that there's so. a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who's going to benefit from it because you are as real as they get. <laughs> How uh, you can know, you not I, appreciate you know, that? <laughs> I have I have no children, no biological children, but I I'm, I have godchildren and uh, nieces, and I have a nieces. I have a niece and a nephew. And mm-hmm. my godchildren and, and children that have adopted me before I could adopt them. And okay. I just, I just, I'm not, because I'm not their parents, I, I just tell them what I, how I feel. I don't mince words. You know, that's they'll say, oh, I'm Beverly, I did such and such and such and such. You're going to be so proud of me. I said, you tell me what you did. And I'll, I'll be the judge of whether I'm proud of you or not. <laughs> Because I, you know, it's like I know, I know these, I know these people. <laughs> There's no telling what they've done. <laughs> but you know what? Um, being like that is the best thing for them. Because well, the, you know, be- you're right. I, I, they have you, you need somebody like me in your life. Mm-hmm. You really do. Yeah. You know, and and these are trying times. One of my um, my oldest friend's um, daughter transitioned to be a male. She's trans. He's transgender, and he was afraid that his mother's friends and family would not um, would feel a certain way. And I told him. There is, I've known you since you were born. Uh, there is no way you, I could turn my back on you. Mm-hmm. You're not that kind of person. I may not, if I didn't like what you did, I still couldn't turn my back on you. My mother was in, was, um, had Alzheimer's and she was in the hospital for a period of time. And this young person worked at the hospital and he and his friends checked on my mother around the clock to make sure she was cared for. Mm-hmm. I was sweet. in and out of that hospital on the regular, but I knew I could sleep at night because I knew they were looking in on her. Mm-hmm. There is nothing he could do to make me stop loving him. And he did a podcast interview because he wanted to talk about what he was going through. Mm-hmm. And it's just so many, there's so many People of all ages, all ethnicities, races, all cultures that are going through things. 
and and finding a job, having having work, being able to support yourself and being contributors to society, all that's important. But they have other challenges and it they need to know that they have support. And mm-hmm. my children know that I support them, but I'm gonna tell them what I think. Yeah. And, like I said, you know, they don't, they're not going, they're not going to listen to me most of the time until they, until they mess up. See, they don't listen the first time. And I know that, mm-hmm. but I know when they mess up, they they will come to me because they know they can. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, we work it out. I mean, two yes. of my godsons are, are ex-offenders. They, um, they're twins. They did a podcast interview. I want to. I want to make sure that ex offenders read my book so that they can better be better prepare themselves to get a job mm-hmm. and That's get promoted after they get one. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for corporate donors to buy the books to donate them to underserved communities, urban and rural, and ex offenders urban and rural uh, communities and ex, uh, ex-offender populations, socioeconomically de- deprived um, communities, because everybody can't afford to buy the book. Right. And it's valuable. So if you know anybody, tell them to get in touch with me. Absolutely. Plus I'm going to, I'm going to send you a link. Um, I need people to vote for my book because it's been nominated for as a reader for the Reader's Choice Award, mm-hmm. and um, I would like for people to vote for it. Your GPS to Employment Success: How to Find and Succeed in the Right Job. I will send you the um, the link, Athalia. Okay, thank you, and I would definitely share it on my um, social media accounts. Thank you. You're welcome. I I think you're. What you're doing is great, and like I said, your what you have to offer is very, very valuable. It's invaluable, and it's necessary. And um, yeah, you know, I think you're right. You, we're not. Let me say one thing, one one other thing, because I didn't. Say, we need to think more collaboratively. We mm-hmm. need to have collaborative ventures with friends, family, and like-minded people. Yeah, because you have a job, you may have a nine to five, but you can help and contribute to another entrepreneurial enterprise. I agree. That may blossom <laughs> into something that that will mean that you can quit your day job and go to work for yourself. Mm-hmm. We need to do that more. We do need to, and it's it's not enough of that going around. But um, whatever support. I love supporting people, whether I have a connection to them or not, because it doesn't cost a thing. And um, you're not only helping that person out who you're supporting, but the person, the people who you're sharing that information with, you're helping them out as well. And for me, yeah. that's what it's all about. You Nothing comes into your hand if your hand is, is clenched tightly. You mm-hmm. keep your hand open. You give to people. You support people. And your blessings come to you. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I know this to be true. <laughs> I'm serious. I know this yeah, to be so true. Do I. 
so do I. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Beverly, where can we order your book from? You can order the book on Amazon. It's the best place. That's the, that's the most cost-effective place. That's where I tell people to go. It's also available on barnesandnoble.com and on uh, businessexpertspress.com. But Amazon, you get the best price. If okay. you're anyone interested in buying a large number of books, someone bought a, order, ordered 100 books and the um, uh, publisher um, gave them a discounted rate. Congratulations so on that something. sale. Yeah, I, I was thrilled. Well, you know, my first first, it, and anybody who's listening who is going to have um, a conference or an event, please let please consider uh, giving uh, your GPS to employment success as a as a gift to all the participants. You will get a very good uh, discount for that. I sold fourteen hundred books to for a uh, a dinner. A, a, a dinner in D.C., 1,400 uh-huh. books for the first book. Wow. I, I, and that was a self-published book. I sold 20, about 2,500 um, copies of that book, but 1,400 was for that one event. So if you're, if you're, um, if you're uh, a fraternity or a sorority or a church and you're having a conference, uh, some kind of large event, and this is something that young people, older people, seasoned individuals need. Yeah, it's definitely a must-have. Um, Beverly, like I said, you're doing a great job. I appreciate you so much for sharing your knowledge and your experience with my audience and me. I'm excited to see what Anytime. you do next. <laughs> I'm really excited you for you. See, as you can see, I can talk. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? I, I I love it. I love it. You have um, such great insight, and um, you're very informative. And like I say, you I've have got a, opinions. Um, yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. You've got opinions. <laughs> And I look forward to receiving that link for you so I can share it. Thank so you can so all much. Support and you. I so appreciate the opportunity. And let's stay in touch. We are. Definitely. And um, Beverly, is there any more tips you would like to give or any other, um, like your website address you'd like to share with us? Okay, the website again is www.youremploymentmatters.com. Another tip, let me just go over what I said briefly. Stay informed. Stay informed about the industry you work in. Stay informed about what's going on in your department. Stay informed about business generally. You need to stay informed about concepts like artificial intelligence critical thinking, Um, just look at Forbes magazine, Entrepreneur magazine. You can get them in in the library. Go to the library and just spend the day reading uh, business magazines. Try to always have a positive attitude. As one of my godchildren said to me, Godmother, no one wants to help a person with a bad attitude. 
And I thought about that. And I said, you know, you're right. Try to maintain a positive attitude. It may not be easy, but mm-hmm. it will be beneficial. Okay. Also, when you network, don't always ask for something. You've got to ask because you're the one in need. But try to create situations that are win-win. Suppose mm-hmm. you ask a friend's parent. You've been you you, you and this person has been have been friends for years. You know their parents. Mrs. So and so. Mrs. So and so happens to be an HR person. Well, ask go and ask Miss So and so if she can help you. Uh, can she? Will she look at your resume? Um, can, can she uh, give you some contacts that you can um, you can reach out to? Uh, in the hopes of, of, of getting a job interview, ask her what she recommends and see what you can do for her. If you mm-hmm. can't think of anything you can do for her, buy her some flowers. You can go to the grocery store and buy her some flowers. Or if she likes plants, buy her a plant. It doesn't, they don't cost that much in the grocery store. But try to create win-wins. You don't always mm-hmm. want to be asking for something, mm-hmm. having your hand out. You want right. to have a create win-win situations right. and network, 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 and then network some more. Awesome. Thank you so much for those tips. Again, I appreciate you so much, and I can listen to you all day long, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I so, I, I've enjoyed this so much. Usually, I'm the one doing the interview. This was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did truly enjoy it and like I said I I, I really enjoyed it and um, I think that my listeners will benefit from everything you've shared with us today wonderful I, you know I, all kidding aside I feel very passionately that people are not paying attention mm-hmm. and they need they need to change the way they, they think about their career, their job, their employment journey. They need to be more proactive about it, more engaged. Don't, don't let things happen to you. Make them happen. If you mm-hmm. make them happen, it'll be the things that you want to happen. Right. Well, thanks again, Beverly. Um, Thank you. I look forward welcome. to talking to you again. You definitely will, and enjoy the rest of your week, and enjoy your 4th of July weekend as well. And you do the same. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.